dropped, and it's showtime from downtown Winnipeg. Nice pass, a shot, they score! Shankly Cutter scores! What a stop by Hellebach! Nikolai Ehlers off the faceoff! Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. Good day and welcome to another episode of Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Joined here by Jets TV's Mitchell Clinton and of course 680 CJOB's Jamie Thomas. We're coming to you from the road for the first time uh, this season. Uh, you know, and obviously we're doing this over Zoom. Uh, as we record this right now, uh, the team is going through a bit of a COVID situation. Uh, Blake Wheeler has entered the league's COVID protocols. Uh, at this time, as we record the podcast on Monday afternoon, we'll get some more clarity on that as the week goes along. But nonetheless, we're coming to you. We're still going to podcast uh, week in review. Mitchell, your thoughts? Obviously, the Jets uh, not starting on the best of terms here this season, uh, falling 4-1 to the Anaheim Ducks last Wednesday and then a tight 4-3 loss to the San Jose Sharks on Saturday night. Just your thoughts on the two games overall. Yeah, I mean, some good things. That's, and I mean, you, you hear that a lot from the players. You hear it from Paul Maurice. Just the only thing that Paul Maurice wants is he wants to see the, the players get quicker. And that's pretty much it. Like you're, you're adjusting to some new faces and some new looks in your lineup and all that stuff. But I think what we've seen are some positives that can definitely be built on. I think what really helps is the age of this group is not what it was, say, four or five years ago. You don't have a bunch of young guys going through this. Um, you have some guys that have played some national hockey league games, have some seasons under their belts and know that while you would love to have won the first two games and be two and zero going up against the two and zero Minnesota wild, as we record this, that's not the case, but it doesn't necessarily mean you can't come out of here one and two and then head home and, you know, you got your fans behind you and, uh, you know, everything can happen after that. So there's a long way to go still in this regular season. Um, despite the, the losses to Anaheim, who they're going to see another two times in the next week and a half or so, two weeks. So, and then uh, also a loss to the San Jose Sharks. But I think in a number of different ways, whether it was uh, some of the five-on-five play, it does seem that breaking the puck out of the zone does seem to be something that this team is doing quite well. When they when they get control, they're quite efficient at getting out of their own zone. I think, and, and Nate Schmidt and Nikolai Ehlers both alluded to this, just got to get some more pucks to the net. Uh, create a little bit more havoc in the offensive zone, but um, there are some some positives. Yes, they would love to be two and zero or one and one as opposed to zero and two. But at this point, uh, I don't think there's anyone near the panic button on this uh, group. Jamie, the uh, the power play and penalty kill have become the the headlines, uh, at least for the media, in the last few days. Uh, just your thoughts on on those two special teams uh, aspects and just what's what's not working in both that has allowed them to start as tough as they have. Uh, but obviously there is some light at the end of the tunnel, I think, with this. Right. Uh, I think first, we probably wouldn't even be talking about the power play if it wasn't for John Gibson in Anaheim on Wednesday because I think Josh Morrissey will, was looking skyward numerous times that, that game. Nikolai Ehlers said he had a couple of looks that if he had those ones again, he would probably score on them. So that all being said, I think you know the, the power play looked great there. But when it got to San Jose, clearly Bob Bugner and his coaching staff had had some looks at the Jets' power play on video, and they really jammed up the neutral zone and made it very difficult on their entries. So, I mean, you still have so much talent there. The puck's going to eventually find its way in the net, and then we're not going to have to talk about this much longer. But 0-8 uh, to start a road trip, and you're 0-2, it's easy to point at the power play as part of the issue. I don't have any concerns there. 
Where the concern lies is the penalty kill. You 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 lose Nate Thompson and Trevor Lewis. I think we all knew that there would be this little per- period here. And Paul Maurice said to us the other day, he's, he had to call a couple of guys out of retirement in the penalty kill department. And those two were Blake Wheeler and Paul Stastny. Clearly, this isn't a plan you want going forward because you don't want to Blake Wheeler going over 25 minutes or sorry, over 20 minutes too many times uh, down an 82 game season. And Paul Stastny doesn't need to be playing that much either. So Jansen Harkins, Christian Veselainen, you got other guys that are going to have to kind of step up and get acclimated to killing penalties at some point. And I was fascinated to find out that Jansen Harkins hasn't really killed penalties that much. Uh, he didn't do it in junior hockey. He didn't do it a whole lot in, in the American Hockey League level either. But has the speed, has good hands, has the ability to do it. And we've seen so many forwards come from the Manitoba Moose over the years and kill penalties and work their way into the lineup that way. So if you're going to be on the fourth line, you're going to have to kill penalties. And this is something that will iron itself out as well. But I also love what Paul Murray said. You know, he's the power play gets off to, uh, or sorry, the penalty kill gets off to a slow start. Then he's going to have to defend it and say, well, as of November 1st, you know, our power, our penalty kill has been like this. And we've seen this over the past few years, slow starts, the penalty kill, everything else. So it's, it's easy to point at that area of, to find a concern while you're 0-2, but this is all a veteran team and they'll get this stuff figured out. There's still 80 games to go here. Yeah. And uh, you know, like you said, uh, Jamie, if you're playing on the fourth line, you have to penalty kill. Mm-hmm. That is not the case. Riley Nash uh, skating in Blake yeah. Wheeler's uh, spot on right. Monday during practice. So a uh, couple of Swiss, Swiss Army knives there for the, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Mitch, you touched on it in your first answer a little bit, but I'll get you a lot to elaborate. You know, this Jets team on Monday at practice, you know, they, they seem loose. They seem like they're having fun. And we have the, the privilege of seeing the guys away from the arena right now. And there's not a whole lot of panic in this group. Um, just what is it that gives you the confidence about this team that they will be able to rebound? And that doesn't necessarily mean getting the W against Minnesota. Uh, who's a very good team, but what gives you the confidence that they will be able to get themselves out of this and get into the win column with consistency? Well, number one, I think that, uh, I think the power play will start to click. That is just, uh, there's just too much talent there for it not to happen. Um, as long as they keep getting the looks, I think they're going to get rewarded. It's that same uh, concept as Paul Maurice likes to talk about. If, if you're a, if, you're, if you have a goal scorer on your team and he's not scoring goals, the first thing you check is, is he getting the chances? And the Jets are getting the chances on the power play. So that it's, it's going to happen. Uh, penalty kill, I think, will also continue to improve as, as guys kind of get used to each other. And then at five on five, I think this, this team has been pretty good. Um, you know, I mentioned the, the breakouts a little bit earlier. Um, ultimately, it just comes down to um, playing connected, as they like to say, but then also you know, being fast. And I asked Nikolai Ehlers about this on Monday. I said, okay, well, playing fast, you know, there's, you know, skating fast, I suppose, but what, what is kind of the first step in making sure you guys are doing that on a consistent basis? And he said, you know, some of it is simplicity, but a lot of it is just, you know, being able to just make your decisions quicker, be, you know, in good puck support positions, being able to move quickly as a unit. And then when the Jets are playing fast like that, they're a tough team to handle just because of all the speed that is throughout the lineup. And then, you know, if you create any sort of chaos in the offensive zone because of it, well, you know, the, the Winnipeg Jets have some shooters that, that can beat. So yeah, they ran into a, a real hot goaltender in John Gibson in the first game um, seemed to be well on their way in game number two uh, against the San Jose Sharks before things kind of started to go a little bit sideways on them. So 
you know, it's a matter of obviously doing everything for a full 60, as they always like to say, but at the same time, you know, I've seen enough glimpses of it over the last little bit to know that that's, it's going to come. It's just a matter of them putting it all together. Jamie, uh, before we get to our guest, Cole Perfetti, I'll get your thoughts on his play through the first two games. Obviously, the the first game in Anaheim is probably a bit of a blur for him. Uh, although, personally, I thought he played pretty solidly through those first two in California. Just what have you thought of the young forwards game? I, I think we saw the last preseason game against Calgary. You kind of saw it click a little bit where he was confident holding on to the puck and coming out of traffic with the puck. So then I think that gave Paul Maurice enough confidence to put him in the opening night lineup because he just saw that light come on for him and realized that he can do that in the at the National Hockey League level. And then he's, you know, I think his perfect place for him clearly has been with Paul Stastny and Adam Lowry. I know that didn't transpire the way they wanted to because they got behind and they were chasing it in the third period. sat a little bit, but you see the ability to make plays. There's a breakout play in the first period in San Jose, beautiful pass to Adam Lowry. Then a little bit later, there's a nice chip play at the blue line. So you see this capability, these flashes, glimpses of why he's a first-round pick. It's just going to take time. And I know everyone's going, oh, this guy's here. Okay, we look at Mason McTavish. Anaheim does not have the forward depth that the Jets do. William Eklund, first-round pick last year, 2021, for the Sharks. San Jose does not have the forward depth that Winnipeg Jets do. So before we're all, let's get at Cole Perfetti in the top six, that's just not the way it's going to work right now because of the depth the Jets have up front. So I think for what he's had in the short time he's been in the National Hockey League, he looks fine. He'll get better. But as Paul Murray says, the first priority for him is the Winnipeg Jets, and then very close second is Cole Perfetti's development. Um, I think there's the sky's the limit clearly for him. That's why he was picked so highly up, but, you know, it's – He's so young and so much to learn, but man, you just, you just see why he's, everyone thinks he's so special for sure. Well, that's enough from us. Uh, we'll turn it over to our interview with Cole, uh, a very nice young man. And he took yeah. the time to do this after practice out in the hallway. Uh, you'll find out why at the end of the interview. Uh, so anyway, enjoy. Uh, it's a great conversation. Go. Mark Shifley with a one-timer through the seam. Jets. Oh, what a save. Potter, hell of a go. For takeoff, are you ready for the return of live in-person NHL hockey? The 21-22 season is just around the corner. Get your tickets now at winnipegjets.com slash tickets. Quarter season plans, single game tickets, and full season seat packages are available. Visit winnipegjets.com slash tickets and buy now. Hi, this is Cole Perfetti, and you're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Joined here on the Ground Control podcast by the man himself, Cole Perfetti. Uh, obviously, Cole made his NHL debut against the Anaheim Ducks to open the season for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, first off, Cole, just you know, how have the last few days been for you now that you've got those first few few games under your belt? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a crazy week. It's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, having your first NHL road trip be a Cali trip. It's pretty. Uh, pretty cool lots of stuff to do and, and just being with the guys every day it's uh lots to learn and and you know it's been a great experience um obviously playing in those those two games were pretty uh pretty nuts it's, it's kind of a dream come true I mean you know you, you dream of playing your first NHL game and to be able to do that on opening night it was uh it was pretty special and um you know follow that up with another game it's uh just exciting and you know hopefully can just keep playing for as long as 
you know, as long as possible and, and uh, just keep going from here. Can you take us through your day last Wednesday? We'll get to uh, your parents and the day that they had as well, but uh, how are the nerves going into that uh, first game? Yeah, I think, I mean, was, there's definitely a lot on my mind, a lot of text messages and, you know, family, friends reaching out, just wishing me the best of luck and congratulations. Um, it was, uh, you know, there was, there was a little bit of nerves for sure. I think that's expected with your first NHL game. You know, you wait your whole life for, for that one, one game. And um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a long, long day, a lot of waiting just trying to get to the rink as fast as possible and, and, and start the process and get on the ice. But, uh, you know, once the game started, I kind of just treated it like a, another game, you know, something I've done many times in my life. And, um, you know, once you got get the, the warm up done and, and your first shift out of the way, it's just like any other hockey game. So, um, that was kind of my mindset, but definitely a, a special day and, and something that I will never forget. You know, you talk about treating it like any other game, but like obviously it's your first National Hockey League game. Did you sort of have a, a welcome to the NHL moment, whether it was a, a bump from somebody along the wall or just lining up on a faceoff and seeing the guy across from you that just kind of blew you away? Or was it something off the ice that just sort of made you go like, hey, I'm in the National Hockey League now? Uh, there are a couple things just like nothing too big that was like, one specific moment, but, uh, yeah. you know, just kind of in the room with the guys before warm up, before the game, just looking around and getting ready for a national hockey league game. It's just, it's crazy to think about, um, you know, I guess maybe going into the second game, there was a, you know, lined up and five feet away from me was Brent Burns and Eric Carlson. And, um, you know, those are two guys that I watched when I was, eight years old, nine years old. And, you know, they were, they were just young guys in the league at that time. So um, it's kind of just, it's pretty surreal knowing, you know, that you're playing against guys that, uh, you know, you watched as a little kid and dreamed of being and playing against. So, um, you know, that was pretty cool playing against them. And, and uh, you know, this whole week's just been awesome. So how much of your parents' travel story did you know, like, before the game? Or did you find out about all of that after the game? And I will say, we don't do a, a video pod, but we should, because you're also wearing a Titleist hat right now, as was your dad at the yeah, ring. So I'm, yes. I'm wondering if they're, uh, if you guys are both big Titleist fans. Anyways, but my actual question is about how much of your parents' travel story did you know? I, yeah, so I obviously knew that they were coming in. I mean, it all happened so quickly. I called my parents the day before and said that I was in the lineup and they were scrambling for flights and we were obviously on our way to to uh, to Anaheim. So, um, you know, I got on the flight not knowing if they were going to be able to make it or not. And, you know, by the time we landed, they uh, they said they found a flight and they were on their way early, uh, early in the morning. And, uh, and then obviously with their, there are lots of travel and, and, and my schedule I didn't really get to talk to him too much you know I called my mom and dad quickly uh, just before we headed to the rink just saying because they had just landed and I was just saying heading to the rink now I'll see you guys after the game and um, they kind of just gave me good luck and a and a you know I love you and and go get them and and I heard about all that after about them almost missing the flight and, <laughs> and, and all that uh, 
craziness, but uh, I just had to the story. It was pretty cool. And, you know, it was obviously meant to be, you know, they're, uh, they've seen a lot of hockey games and, you know, they've been this far. I don't think they were going to do whatever they could to make sure they were uh, getting to that first game. Uh, did, did you have a chance to chat with them after all, like after the game at in Anaheim or was that over the phone uh, as well? Yeah, it was actually not really, there's nowhere to meet. So went out to the bench quickly and, yep. you know, they came down to the stands and you kind of talking through the glass. <laughs> it was pretty, uh, it kind of sucked for that. I mean, I wish I could just give them a big hug and, um, you know, tell them how much I appreciate their, everything they've done and, you know, especially coming that night and, um, you know, everything they did to help me get to that spot. So, um, you know, that kind of sucked, but at the same time, I was just glad to see them and know that they were in the building for my first game. And, um, you know, obviously after they just got to the parking lot where the bus was and I called them immediately just cause just talk about it and, and, uh, just go over the night and, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. I just wish I was able to, you know, see them in person and give them a big hug and, and just say, thank you. Well, we'll use uh, the Ground Control podcast to do that so that you have just given that message out. Uh, <laughs> the last question about that, uh, did you text Jamie Drysdale at all to thank his dad through him? <laughs> I actually did, but uh, my parents are close with Drysdale's parents, and um, I just kind of said to, to Gary at the end, just uh, thank you, and, you know, just a funny story. You know, they, yeah. they, they was, it was weird how it all happened. I don't think Gary actually planned on coming um to the game and my dad called him and said uh we're going and i think they booked the, the drives those booked the flight the next day like right away and you know if it wasn't for for him booking that flight i don't know if my parents would have made it so um like i said everything happens for a reason and you know it was just meant to be uh just one last one on your parents are they planning on being in winnipeg at all for the first set of home games uh this upcoming weekend yeah, I'm not too sure. I mean, they've uh, they were in Winnipeg for the uh, two weeks ago for the first two preseason games. Um, okay, and and then um, they obviously went home and and have taken another five days off work here to be in the Cali trip. So they, uh, I don't know, maybe they got to get back to work sometime soon. I don't <laughs> know how much time they have off, but uh, you know, hopefully they can get out soon. It's uh, you know, obviously it's a they, they drove two weeks ago, but now it's going to be a little quick flight. So, you know, mm -hmm. hoping they can get out and obviously just going to play by ear and see, um, you know, what the situation is for, for the lineup and all that stuff and, and, and what's happening. And, um, you know, it would be really special if they could make it out for my first Jets home game, whatever that is. So, um, you know, hopefully, but at the, at the end of the day, I'm just glad they made it to the first ever NHL game. Um, and that was the really, that was the big one. That was the important one for me, but, you know, hopefully when the time comes that they're there uh, in Winnipeg. Uh, off the ice, has there been any sort of, any of the guys on the team or maybe a coach that's just sort of been a mentor for you, so to speak, you know, you've had some good conversations with that you've been able to bounce things off of and, and just really feel comfortable within the group. Yeah, I think, I mean, everyone's been really good with me. All the guys have been, have been really good. Obviously they like to, to tease and, and, you know, give it to the younger guy. So I've been taking a little <laughs> bit of heat here and there, but, you know, they're all really good, um, you know, going out for dinners and, and, you know, going golf and stuff like that. Like the, everyone's been, been really good with me. So, 
um, you know, a guy that I kind of talked to from last year. And then obviously this year was, was Mark and he's, um, you know, a guy that I want to learn from and, and he's had a heck of a career so far. So he's kind of taken me a little bit under his wing and, and has been, you know, really helpful. Um, but in saying that, like there, there really isn't one guy, everyone's been, been great and been learning from everyone. And, um, it's a really good group here with how, you know, nice everyone is and, and the leaders still, so, yeah, it's been good. Last question for me. Um, if you could pinpoint one thing as the biggest adjustment to the, the NHL game, what would that one thing be? I think it would just be, you know, how fast, how fast it is like the puck movement, the, the skating, everything, just everything happens at a, you know, just such a high level. And, and it's so quick that, you know, in junior, even in the AHL last year, it was like, you know, you get a couple seconds with the puck on your stick and, um, you know, you can make a play here. It's, you get your, you get the puck on your stick for more, for a second. You're like, wow, I had it there for a long time. So, um, you know, it just, everything happens so fast. They're on you so quick. And, um, you know, you see a play and, and it gets closed off quickly if, if you don't make it. So, um, you know, you really have to be able to think the game and, um, just be able to make quick decisions. It's been, it's been really good. I think there's been lots to learn and, um, I think that favors into my game. So I'm excited for it. Just going to, you know, have to obviously get more comfortable with the experience and, and, and the more games I play, I think the better I'll feel. So, um, you know, just one game at a time, each game is a learning, um, learning curve and, uh, you know, stepping stone in my career. So I think I'm just going to learn, um, you know, each game and, and just take that and, and implement it into my next. So, one last one to close things out. Uh, you know, obviously people can't see this, but you're out in the hallway at the hotel uh, because when you're on your rookie contract, you have a roommate on the road and your roommate this year, like you said earlier, was Christian Besselainen. Uh, what have you learned about Christian and uh, what has he learned about you in the, in the last week? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we honestly haven't spent, you know, while we were in California, we did a lot of things as a team. And so honestly, we didn't even spend that much time in the room together. Like we were going like, dinners and um going to the mall or we did the golfing trip the one day so um you know he likes uh i, I do know that he likes to call his buddies from back home and, <laughs> and uh he likes to get on facetime that's for sure yeah um and talk to his buddies and, fin and finish back home so um i have no idea what's going on he's just <laughs> y yelling into the phone and i have no no idea what he's saying but uh <laughs> He definitely loves the FaceTime, so it's kind of cool. That's funny. All right, Cole, uh, we'll let you get uh, to the rest of your day. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks, guys. Winnipeg Jets fans, did you know that online 50-50 tickets presented by PlayNow.com are available for all Winnipeg Jets games? That's right. Whether the Jets play on the road or at home, you can participate in the game day 50-50 draw. The winner will take home half of the jackpot with all proceeds in support of the True North Youth Foundation. Remember to buy your tickets on all Jets game days at winnipegjets.com slash 50-50. Thanks so much to Cole for taking the time. Uh, you know, I'm thankful I don't have a roommate on the road. I really like you guys, but I, need <laughs> <laughs> I remember we went, when we were in Tampa for the all-star game, Mitch got a room to himself and I had to share a room with Ryan Dittrich. And it was, <laughs> I'm like, what is this? So I, remember I don't even remember days. how that, I don't even remember how that all happened. 
I think you just walked into the room. You just took the key and you're like, oh, I'm going to go in this room by myself. Uh, don't mind me. I'll just <laughs> stroll over here. Yeah, you, actually, you use seniority, Mitch, on that one. So that's. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, remember the one time the three of us had to share a room because we missed our flight going, yeah. leaving Denver yes. or there's a snowstorm or I think we missed yeah. the flight. I, don't I know slept what in the lobby while you guys slept in your bed. That is not true. We put you in the other room because you're a senior citizen and you wake up at 5 a.m. <laughs> And you're watching TV. I go get my paper off the street there at that time. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, enough about Love my that. crosswords. The week ahead for the Winnipeg Jets is, is upon us. Uh, they take on the Minnesota Wild to finish up their road trip. Uh, and then the home opener against Anaheim. And then their second game against the Nashville Predators at Canada Life Center. Uh, those last two, you can get tickets online at winnipegjets.com slash tickets. Uh, lots of great seats available. So uh, look forward to seeing everybody down there obviously we're gonna have the new projection rolling at a full pace out on the ice so that'll be a cool show uh always neat to see the guys do the skate out the stick salute and just a, it's a great show aside from the hockey itself which of course we know will be will be awesome too so uh mitchell i'll get you just to run through the week that's upon us and just what you're expecting from the jets uh, and their opponents yeah i mean uh it's going to be interesting to see the rematch for the home opener uh, between the Jets and the Ducks. It's almost like you just feel like the Winnipeg Jets are going to be like, we are not, we are not losing in this home opener. We are not like getting beaten by like, there's just, it just feels like that never happens. So um, that's just kind of what I imagine the approach will kind of be for the Jets there. Um, and then as they, they move on through the week, I mean, yeah, a number of the faces are different. There's, there's, you know, on both sides, but I just can't imagine, you know, when the Nashville Predators come into to Winnipeg, that there won't be some level of uh, ri rivalry there. It might take all of three minutes of the first period before that, uh, before that really fires up. So, uh, and then you mentioned obviously the Minnesota game on Tuesday, which, which starts the week, the Wilder off to a real strong start. And Paul Murray's kind of touched on this, but it's interesting to, to think that, because the Jets haven't played the Wild in almost two years, you know, it's you're looking at a group that doesn't have Miko Koivu or Zach Parisi, Ryan Suter, Devin Dubnik, like those four names, like they're just not there anymore. And it just feels weird to be going up against a Wild team that doesn't have that. But um, that part's interesting. The other thing that uh, you mentioned tickets for those games. Uh, the other thing to mention is, of course, head to WinnipegJets.com during the morning skates on both of those home days for the pregame show. Uh, be able to tune into that and we'll, we'll set it all up. So have to make sure to plug that as well. Yes, smart man, Mitchell. Uh, you can obviously WinnipegJets.com uh, and the Jets TV player, as well as Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. And that's it. There is no more. We probably could do a TikTok live or something, but I I don't think we're going to do that. <laughs> we we would have to be way smarter than we are. I don't have TikTok, so uh, all right. Someone who maybe has TikTok, Pierre no. Dubois, uh, maybe I don't know. Uh, we'll have to ask him one day. Uh, Jamie, what have you thought of his game? Obviously, he got the goal uh, to get things started against San Jose, which mm -hmm. makes the trade even. It's, it's all even all now. Like, because Patty Line scored an OT winner. And then three minutes later, Pierre Luke found the back of the net. So I just love the, how the storylines work out. But uh, in all seriousness, just what have you thought of the big forwards play through the first two? Uh, fantastic. And what we saw last year when he was acclimating himself as a Winnipeg Jet was deferring a lot, giving the puck to Blake Wheeler, or Mark Shifley. Now he's not doing that as much. And he's starting to shoot a lot more. And to be honest, 
he very well could have had a hat trick Monday in San or sorry, the other night in San Jose. He was he was playing that well. So playing with Andrew Kopp and Nikolai Ehlers is a great setup. Uh, however, this whole thing shakes out with Blake Wheeler. We'll see how that goes. But uh, I, I like his play. He's he's thrown his weight around a lot more. He looks more comfortable. Certainly that that his working out his conditioning in the offseason has worked. Um, so by all signs here early on and having him on that first power play unit, it's going to be a big boon from him as, as things get going, they get more comfortable with each other. But uh, everything I've seen from number 80 this year is, is been a plus so far. All right. Well, that'll just about do it for us here on the ground control podcast, the official podcast of the Winnipeg jets on behalf of myself, Tyler Esquivel, jets, TVs, Mitchell Clinton, and of course, six city CJOBs. Jamie Thomas, I almost messed up your names there. I'm sorry. And of course, <laughs> Cole Perfetti for joining us from the hallway. Uh, thanks so much uh, for taking the time to listen. Uh, have a great week, everybody, and go Jets. Go. This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com. Proceed, we're